Welcome back to the DJI Podcast, and Happy New Year. So with a brand new year officially here, I decided it was the perfect time to reflect back on this past year, and particularly this last Christmas season. And I've had a lot of fun this year, counting down some of my favorite movies or specials. You know, we did it for Halloween. We did my favorite Christmas movies, my favorite Christmas movies of the last decade, favorite Christmas specials. I got a bunch in the chamber for next year already, or I guess this year, (laughs) coming up later this year, many months from now. But I decided it would be the perfect time to count down my favorite new Christmas movies, specials, and TV episodes that came out in 2022. Now, obviously, I was unable to watch every single new piece of content that was released this year. I wish I had the time. I simply didn't. So this list may be a lot different than yours, may be a lot different from many others. And I will say, there is only one piece of content that I wasn't able to consume this year, that I wanted to, but I have not yet, and that is Violent Night. Uh, from all accounts, it seems like the type of movie I would love. It just The timing never worked out to go see it in theaters. I know that it is a vig- uh, available now on uh, streaming or you know to rent and such. Honestly, I've just not had the time to get around to watch yet, but I am excited to finally do it. And when I do, maybe I'll do like a mini-sode or, or some sort of bonus episode about it. But just so you know, going into it, that will not be on my list. So... As I said, this list will feature five of my favorite movies, specials, or Christmas episodes that were released in 2022. And we're kicking it off with number five, The Santa Clauses. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Come down, 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 down! Who are you? I'm Santa Claus. It was different out there. All those kids turned into adults. They stopped believing. And it was magic. So, for the good of Christmas, I'm retiring. Wow, I didn't even know you could do that. I think we see what the rest of the world's like as normal people. I'm making a list of things I want to do, like meet a crossing guard. <laughs> wow. Dad! Sandra, they warned you this is what I look like here. <laughs> it's, it's Dad, me. You know, I have a fun Cheeto. Put cocoa in it instead of coffee. Put a little peppermint in there if you have that. Chop up some cookies and, um, sprinkles. Name for the order? <laughs> Santa. Sir, my job is hard enough. Ho, ho, ho. For the first time, I'm going to spend Christmas with my family. New Santa is destroying Christmas spirit. When the last of the light goes out, it could be the end of Christmas. I retired too soon. I hired the wrong guy. I've got to go back to the North Pole. Elves are disappearing. Elves are disappearing? You should have led with that. We're going. Oh, I do be slay, 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 slay,
this isn't trouble, let's go. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, oh, This was one of my most anticipated pieces of Christmas content this year. And I'm going to say I ended up being a little more disappointed in it than I was expecting. The Santa Claus, the original Santa Claus, is one of my favorite Christmas movies. The second one, not that bad. Third one's pretty bad. Uh, So I did go into it with tempered expectations. But even with the tempered expectations, I ended up being bit more disappointed than I thought I would be. Uh, The show itself, it premiered its first two episodes on November 16th on Disney Plus, and it followed up uh, the following weeks after with one new episode each week through December 14th. I started off, I watched the first two episodes, I believe the day it dropped, was a little skeptical from there, and um, it took me a bit to get back to it. And I think that should say a lot as to what my overall feelings were of this show. The series, it it was great. We get to see Tim Allen reprise his role as Santa Claus. We have Elizabeth Mitchell, who I really enjoy, not only in this, but in in the show Lost. She was fantastic in that show. I I love her as Carol, as Mrs. Claus. I, I think she just embodies that character so well. She's got a little bit of gruff to her. But she's overall a sweet uh, and caring woman, and I think she's like the perfect Mrs. Claus. But uh, in the in the show, Santa has raised two children at the North Pole, and he feels like he's at the point in which he needs to retire. Uh, he appoints a new Santa Claus named Simon, who is played by Cal Penn. Things go haywire at the North Pole, and honestly, the character of Simon went a direction I was not expecting. He was more of the bad guy in the situation, and that is not what I was expecting his character to be. To me, and and I guess maybe this was their great version of marketing, and they were able to switch it up and go in a different direction from what it appeared, but it looked like this character, Simon, he was going to be the new Scott Kelvin. We might get another movie or two with him at the helm and all that stuff. Uh, But things go haywire at the North Pole. There are elves disappearing and all that. (laughs) And then uh, Scott, now back in the real world, he is struggling very hard uh, to get through not being Santa Claus and not being appreciated the way that he was as Santa. And like I said, I don't know if I enjoyed the first two episodes. I, I felt I was happy to see Tim Allen back as Santa, but I was also just kind of disappointed. I was disappointed in how the elves looked. I was disappointed in how the North Pole looked, how the reindeer looked. There was a lot of it that didn't hit with me the way that the original film did, and even the second film. But I will say, I think it started to hit its stride in the fifth episode. That's where Scott goes to the Yuleverse, and he learns that he was essentially picked to be Santa Claus, and it wasn't just by chance that Santa fell off his roof that night, and that the clauses were built in for him. This wasn't something that was always there. Uh, so that episode's very strong. You get to see these other Santa Clauses, and you get to see uh, St. Nicholas, and you get to see Krampus, and all these different things, which I enjoyed that part very much, and it kind of turned it back for me in that particular episode. Um, but it, it ends up, the, the family goes back to its place at the North Pole, and they find their purpose once again, but it just never clicked with me the way I was hoping it would. I I highly doubt I'll go back and watch it again. And nostalgia for the original 
uh, movie is enough to put this on my list, enough to make it, uh, you know, it was enough to drive me to watch the whole entire thing, but they got picked up for another season, and I honestly don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how excited I am to watch this iteration of Santa, Scott, Kelvin, and where else they can go with this storyline. Also, not getting uh, Neil in this show, not getting Charlie's mom, not getting Neil, that was very disappointing to me. Maybe we'll get them in the second season. So the Santa Clauses comes in a little bit lower than some may think, and this next spot may also surprise many as well. And coming in at number four, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. We go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift. It would make him happy. Something special he will never forget. What about someone special? We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. I just said that. If your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. You're coming with us as a Christmas present. I'm Groove. I know that some of you are likely scoffing at this ranking. And would have this special much, much higher. But I will preface this with the fact that I am not the biggest fan of Marvel films. I have never really been able to get into them. I've seen a handful of them. They've never really done much for me. I've always been more of a of a Batman guy in, in particular. And that's kind of been it when it comes to my superheroes or comic books or anything like that Uh, but with that said I do enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise I've seen the first two movies I enjoyed them they're a fun little romp uh, and all that so when I saw that they were coming out with the Christmas special it intrigued me but I wasn't like oh my gosh I I have to watch it the day that it dropped and this premiere it's it uh, or this special premiered on Disney Plus on November 25th, so the day after Thanksgiving, and it stars the normal cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It, we have Chris Pratt in his uh, in the special as Peter Quill slash Star Lord, uh, but much of this special revolves around Dave Bautista's portrayal of Drax and uh, Palm Clementine as Mantis. Those two characters are the big stars of this special, while. Uh, we do get uh, Vin Diesel, I guess, as Groot. You get Bradley Cooper as well as the voice of Rocket. So they they film this while they're filming the newest Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's very obvious to me that Chris Pratt kind of didn't really care. He didn't seem like somebody who really cared in the special. Uh, maybe that's more of the character of Peter in this sense. But it, this was definitely a Drax and Mantis story. And the story centers around Mantis and Drax trying to find the perfect gift for Peter after they learned how Yondu ruined Christmas for him as a child. 
Although at first Drax thinks it's pretty funny <laughs> how how Christmas was ruined for Peter. But the pair, they decide they're going to go get Peter, his childhood hero, Kevin Bacon, and hilarity ensues. And it it is legitimately Kevin Bacon. He is playing himself. He leaned into the joke. I think that's what made it so funny is he's making fun of himself in the best way possible. I think all the scenes with the pair trying to find Kevin Bacon's house and eventually chasing him down once they get inside are so funny. Drax wanting to keep some of the lawn decorations uh, and all that as well was very funny. And again, Kevin Bacon, he's just such a good sport for being in this film and allowing them to take jabs at him and take jabs at his career and various movies he's been in. But Peter, he is at first horrified at the idea that the kidnapped Kevin Bacon, uh, that they kidnapped Kevin Bacon for him, and he demands that they take him home. But Kevin Bacon kind of is like, "I will spend the holidays with you," and all that stuff. So it's it's a sweet uh, kind of story. And then we later learn that Yandu actually had changed his mind about Christmas, and he had gifted Peter years ago a pair of blasters that Peter still uses now as weapons. And in the end, we find out, and Mantis reveals that she is Peter's half sister. And he basically just tells her that's the best gift he ever could have asked for. And and what I like about this special is it is funny. As somebody for me who is a casual observer of most Marvel content, I didn't feel lost or anything in this this storytelling. It's very quick paced. I love the old 97s playing the, the rock band and playing their new Christmas song. All that was very great. The atmosphere as well is very, very good. Not only when they're like in L.A. trying to chase Kevin Bacon, but when they're back and they're about to reveal their gift to Peter. The whole area is covered in decorations and lights. And I, I thought that was just amazing. It looked incredible. And, and again, I'm sure if I was a bigger fan of Marvel, Marvel films overall... I would have loved this. It probably would have ranked much higher on my list, but it's still a very good special. It's one I'll probably watch. It's not one I'll watch every year, but something I'll definitely go back to and watch again in the future. So that is our number four. And now coming in at number three on the list is actually a television episode. And that is... The Plate Before Christmas from Bob's Burgers. What's Around the Tree by Louise Belcher. I can't see what's around the tree when I'm pawing through the presents, but when I sit back and get my present unwrapped, I look up and I see my parents. I see and smell my brother. That's clearly where the gas is. And I see my sister <clears throat> with something that looks like gingerbread on her glasses. And we don't have gingerbread, so this is odd. We made funny ornaments for the tree this year, and we make funny ornaments sitting here around the tree. So jolly. I didn't expect to feel this way. I was focusing on Santa. But the best presents are sitting here. And they aren't even wrapped up. This episode of Bob's Burgers first aired on December 11th of 2022, and to say I was surprised by it would be a very big understatement. Um, 
I I like Bob's Burgers, but I'm not the person who watches every new episode when it comes out. Every once in a while, I will binge a bunch of episodes on Hulu or something. It's on a lot on like um, TBS or Cartoon Network, something like that. So I'll watch episodes here and there of the show. But for whatever reason, one day early in December, I was scrolling through and scrolling ahead to see if there's any Christmas content that was new that I could watch or DVR. And for whatever reason, I see this. I'm like, ah, why not? I'll give it a shot. I DVR'd it. Didn't get to it until probably a the week before Christmas, or actually a couple days before Christmas. And at first, I assumed it would be your typical Bob's Burgers episode where a bunch of craziness happens, it's all funny and it's all cute. But what I got out of this episode was something pretty heartfelt and pretty touching. Um, And basically, the the gist of this episode, the basic storyline, is that Bob and Linda are trying to go to all the holiday performances of their kids on the same night, and they're struggling to find out or to figure out whose uh, performance they're going to go to. And at first, we learn that both Tina and Jean, they have different holiday performances on the same night. Linda is beside herself upset that she can't go see both of them perform. She's very torn. She finally decides she's going to go with Tina. Bob's going to go with Jean. And this is when we also find out that Louise has been kind of keeping it a secret that she's reading her holiday poem that night at the library. Louise is playing it off. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm just making a funny, silly little poem. She's telling her parents, you know, go to one of the other performances instead. So Bob's going to go to Gene's concert. Linda's going to go to Tina's play. And at Gene's performance, they are stuck with a substitute teacher, voiced by Tina Fey, who doesn't know anything about music. And we learn that Gene and his classmates only know how to play the xylophone because the teacher literally tells them during the performance what to hit. <laughs> And so over at Tina's play, everything is also going off the rails. And it's during this time that Tina, she's starting to realize that Louise was being really coy about what she wrote in her poem. Tina's like, hey, why don't you read some of it to me in, you know, when they're in the car ride? And she's like, no, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to read it to you. And she starts to, it all starts to click and she starts to realize that in fact it was something That was really important to Louise, but, you know, Louise being hard-headed as she is, she doesn't want to tell them that this is something important to her. And then we get this great montage at the end. Gene is rallying his classmates to play a beautiful performance on the xylophone, which is very beautiful, very touching. The music is fantastic. While Louise, she starts reading her poem, and instead of it being something funny or crass, It's about Christmas, and it's about spending time with her family. And when it starts going to the end, uh, when she starts getting to the end of it, we she's talking about her big sister, uh, her big sister Tina. And just as we see, and just then we see Tina and Linda make their way in to hear the poem, and it's just so sweet. It it really touched me, and that. She, as much as Louise pokes fun at her siblings and at her parents, this is a very sweet story and a very sweet poem and talking about how she looks up to her big sister 
And it, it hit me in the feels that I was not expecting to be hit in the feels with a Bob Bob's Burgers episode. And again, the music is fantastic. So if nothing else, go find the last five minutes or so of this episode because I think you will really, really enjoy it. So that is our number three. And that takes us now to number two on the list. And that goes to... Spirited. that i didn't i was just following you i was following me yeah oh i got i messed up in the middle there yeah i tap is new for me it's a very expressive medium what is all of this i'm your ghost of christmas present like a christmas carol what do you you think i'm gonna be all intrigued by what's behind the door not even a little bit curious first save there was this little sick kid what did they call him it was tiny tim no 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 sweet kid one crutch nope little larry no tiny tim micro mike super small steve holy any other year this would have been number one on my list but you will hear why it is not in a few moments Spirited, it was released in select theaters on November 11th, before it was released on Apple TV Plus on November 18th. The film, it stars Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and it is an updated interpretation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, In the film, we see the Scrooge slash ghost story from the perspective of the ghost. Will Ferrell plays one of these ghosts, and spoiler alert, if you don't want a spoiler, you haven't seen it yet, Go ahead and jump a few moments ahead in this. Uh, We later learn he is actually Ebenezer Scrooge. And he is now one of these ghosts that tries to redeem other people. And he is trying to redeem the unredeemable Clint Briggs, played by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, The movie, it's also a musical. And a lot of the music in this has been stuck in my head ever since watching it. I've listened to the soundtrack many times. Is very good, very catchy. I will say, Ryan Reynolds, not a very good singer. Will Ferrell, a slightly better singer. Neither of them are very good singers, but it still works. Um, Octavia Spencer also is in this movie. She's great. Um, I didn't feel the same chemistry between her and Will Ferrell that I was hoping that we would get between the two of them, but it still works. And throughout this movie... We learn that the whole Ghost of Christmas, the, that bit from A Christmas Carol, uh, Christmas Carol, has now been turned into a yearly thing. And it's almost like an industry. And they're trying to affect change on someone every year. They pick it out. They study this person. They learn about their past. They recreate all these things to be able to teach them a lesson on Christmas Eve, just like Ebenezer Scrooge. But Will Ferrell's uh, Scrooge in this, he eventually retires from the business and he gets to be a human again. And he gets to experience life all over again. And eventually Clint sacrifices himself uh, 
and he now turns into one of the ghosts, and he ends up being one who redeems others every year. There's a lot more to the story than than, than just that. Um, it's certainly worth a watch. It defied my expectations. I didn't know what to think, honestly, going into this one, but it ended up it's catapulted itself into being a Christmas classic for me and one I'm going to want to go back and watch every single year. I loved everything from the music to the sets to the writing in the movie. Will Ferrell and and <laughs> Ryan Reynolds just had fantastic chemistry. They riff off each other so well. It just screams Christmas from the beginning. It had me howling with laughter at times. Uh, I will say, if you were on the fence about watching this one, I could not recommend it enough. And as I said, if it wasn't for what is number one on this list, this easily, easily would have been my number one movie in 2022. But before we head on that top spot, I do want to uh, run through a couple honorable mentions. First, I want to mention the Hallmark movie Three Wise Men and a Baby. Now, Hallmark movies have never really been my jam. I think I've watched maybe two or three of them from start to finish before this one. Mostly their background, mostly it's something to put on for some ambiance. Maybe it's something in July when they do their Christmas in July. You want a little bit of that feeling in a warm summer month. Might throw it on for an hour or so. But I've never really been one who sat down and watched these movies from stop to finish. But my wife had brought it up. We decided to record this one because it was receiving some buzz before its release. And I'm really glad I watched it. it. This one almost pushed in to the top five it was that good to me and it's not your typical hallmark romance movie and it centers around three brothers who need to take care of this baby who was left at a fire station around christmas time and it kind of shows how they strengthen their relationship as brothers it was again it was very unexpected not anything i thought i would see in a hallmark movie so if you've skipped over hallmark movies in the past you know, because they're so sickingly sweet uh, or lovey or anything like that, I do recommend you watching this one because it defied uh, a lot of expectations for me. For as low as my bar was, I'd probably give this movie a 7 or 8. I thought it was that good. Uh, Another honorable mention for me is the Christmas episode of Abbott Elementary titled Holiday Hookah. Uh, We get some great before Christmas break scenes at the school. We get Janine deciding to buck the stereotype surrounding her, and she goes out for the night. She runs into Gregory. We get our big will-they-won't-they, like we we have in like Jim and Pam in the office. Um, This show is so good. Beyond just this Christmas episode of Abbott Elementary, if you are a fan of The Office, of Parks and Rec, Modern Family, shows like that, go watch this now. I I definitely recommend starting it from the beginning and this Christmas episode is very very solid and it's one I'll probably go back and watch once again. So with our honorable mentions officially out of the way it is now on to number one on my list. A Christmas Story Christmas. Oh, life moves fast. One day you're playing kick the can with kids named Flick and Schwartz. I triple dog dare you! The next thing you know, you're a certified adult. Ralphie! Ralph, dear old man. Fragile. He was the best. Ralphie, promise me we're going to make this a wonderful Christmas. That would make your father so happy. I promise. 
What had I done? And now it was all up to me? I suggest you start drinking and don't stop till New Year's. Hey kids, who wants to go see Santa? This is amazing! Incredible! We will meet you right here when you're done. Don't let him kick you in the face. Huh? It's the half happy scene. No, uh, no, when it's just us decorating, it kind of feels like child labor. Honey, it's not labor if we don't pay you. Yeah. Cheers. Be much My dad made this all look so easy. Mm. That doesn't mean it was easy. Most wonderful time of the year. Schwartz, I triple dog dare you. <gasps> oh, I got it now. That's brutal. It's the most wonderful time. Slowly I could feel the Christmas ember beginning to glow again. Not a shocker, right? I mean, if you've been following along, you know how much I enjoyed A Christmas Story Christmas. I did a review of this movie the day after it came out. I mean, it hadn't even been out like 14 hours by the time I had had a review out for this movie. Uh, We also talked about it in another uh, countdown list that we did earlier earlier this year. So it has already formed a strong connection for me. Uh, A Christmas Story Christmas was released on HBO Max on November 17th, and it follows Ralphie Parker's attempt to make the perfect Christmas following the passing of his old man. And since its release, I've watched it a couple times. It still hits me right in the feels. It made me well up the first time I watched it in a couple of spots. There are a couple shaky moments, but overall, it... It, it just felt great to watch this movie. The majority of the original cast returns, with the exception of Melinda Dillon's character of the mother, who's replaced by Julie Haggerty, who was fine. Uh, I didn't love her in this role, but I didn't hate her. And we also, uh, we see a little bit of Darren McGavin as the old man in some flashbacks. Obviously, he is referenced a lot in this, but Darren McGavin passed away many years ago. But it is, in a lot of ways, kind of a love letter to the old man slash Darren McGavin. And I think that's what makes it very sweet and very touching as well. I had big expectations for this movie. I was afraid I'd end up very disappointed. I went into it excited but cautious, but I loved it. Loved it so much. It it still managed to wink and nod at the original with some great callbacks, but it also had its own strong versions of heart. And like I said, I found myself tearing up a little bit at the end. We just a lot of the 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 ability in that movie to conjure up the nostalgia it's something where in the original movie it, it may be nostalgic for an era that i'd never lived in and this version also made me nostalgic for a version of of the world that i'd never lived in and i think a movie being able to do that shows how strong and and how how well written it was and it, it captures so much of what made the original film great but it added a new layer of humor and heart and it, it could have went south it could have been very bad it really could have but it, it 
it worked in so many ways. Peter Billingsley so seamlessly went back into that Ralphie character, and I couldn't help but smile seeing him bring that character back to life. I mean, you put those glasses on that man, and he still looks like that 8-year-old, 10-year-old boy from the 1980s. It's it's astonishing how much he's not changed. Uh, I also really enjoyed his narration in the film and the ending and the way they were able to tie together the present time in the movie to the original uh film was great it gave me goosebumps it it literally gave me goosebumps when it got to that moment and i know a lot of it has to do with my love and affinity for the original but it's just I love this movie. I could gush on and on about it. It will be a staple of mine every year. I cannot wait for years ahead where I will watch the original and follow it up with this one because it's just, it's that good. And I enjoyed it so, so much. So that is it. That is my list of my favorite Christmas movies, specials, and television episodes of 2022. Obviously, like I mentioned, I, I didn't get to watch everything I wanted to watch. So if there's others that you think I should watch, let me know. Uh, if you agree or disagree with my list, I'd love to hear that as well. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Search for TGI Podcast. You can find me on Twitter as long as Twitter is still functional. Uh, at Matt Yurick, E-U-R-I-C-H. And as always, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I will hopefully be coming back again later this month, planning on doing a Super Bowl episode that is something we've done in the past with, uh, oh gosh, I think we did uh, How I Met Your Mother, uh, a Super Bowl episode in the past. We will do another one. I've got some ideas for that. We'll also shift our focus towards Valentine's Day in the month of February, which will be here before we know it. Uh, today, this is just a handful of days after Christmas. Where, when I'm recording this, I had to run to the store Walmart already had all of their Valentine's Day things out. It hurt me to see it. It really, really did. Uh, But it will be here before we know know how that goes. So once again, I hope you had a great holiday season. And I want to wish you a very, very happy new year. And I will talk to you all very soon. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. Our social media is available by searching for TGI Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And the music for this outro was provided by Carlo Espin, licensed under CC BY 4.0.